So how's the um, getting the flat stomach back going? Mm. <laughs> it's a work in progress. I haven't really backslid yet, so that's good. It's just taking time. But I'm very impatient. <laughs> I'm <am> so impatient. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like just regular exercise goals are like, it took me 30 years to get here. Why do I expect it to take one workout to get Yeah. There? that impatience that that feeling and it's also like if one workout was enough to get the results you wanted then <laughs> gyms yeah. would be out of business yeah. yeah life would be so different if one workout was a thing yeah like. if you could do like if there was a guaranteed one workout solution to like whatever body thing you want to change about yourself then like life would be very different um i am ivor welcome to this is fine hello I'm DJ. Hello. Hello. Um, here with the uh, ambiguous energy of making a mistake and knowing you made a mistake, but not having the energy to correct it <laughs> and letting it be. <laughs> I saw this whole thing happen, so I'm like laughing. <laughs> yeah. This is the moment when uh, we needed to have cameras. In the <laughs> and then I think I will be the feeling of crunchy cereal on a saturday morning watching cartoons that's the nostalgia i feel today okay so i want to jump into something that really made me feel like um maybe feel like i was having a circumcision uh what <laughs> <laughs> first thing is did you um see any headlines or anything about super straight no uh, mm. i don't know if i want to so super straight <laughs> is a sexual um preference for the opposite sex but it specifically excludes transgender people. Yeah, so it's like mask for mask in the gay community, but for straight people. But for straight people. So basically, it's transphobic, right? Yeah. So this transphobic movement claims that they are now a sexual orientation. That's like, that's like TERFs, though. So, so TERFs, like trans exclusionary radical feminists who claim that trans women aren't really women. And so including them when you advocate for women's rights is like more patriarchy bullshit blah 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 yeah like the men are winning again like what that kind of mindset basically when people spew this kind of that kind of stuff it's just because they don't understand that there's a difference between sexuality and um and uh uh, oh, you mean sex and gender? Sex. Oh, yes. I mean sex and gender. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah, yeah, sex, yeah. there's sexuality, and then there's gender. Gender. Yeah. Gender is the identity, like the internal feeling you have. Yeah, like how you, said, you identify. Yes. Like I identify as a woman. And then your sex is. That's what gets assigned at birth. Yes. But there's a lot of ambiguousness there Very. because it's basically doctors looking at your genitalia and being like, "Okay, you are close. Like you fit." female or yes. you fit the male idea of that we have of this binary categorization or people that are born with both yeah and but then, there are there are intersex people yes exactly isn't it like one in a hundred people is intersex yeah yeah it is it's very common yeah. actually and then doctors sometimes make or parents and doctors make the decision about which you know yeah and they have the operation and then later the child is the the gender identity comes out yeah um so anyway watching this thing that was like one in a hundred people is intersex and then one in a thousand will have some kind of um operation mm -hmm. to quote quote correct their anatomy to fit more with the sex that they were assigned oh it's it's such a deep thing that we can probably get lost in mm. and i do encourage people to do your own research about what what transgender means and um, about the language that you use when you talk about, I think just anyone in general, just be careful about um, yeah. how and you speak to people. Transgender is not intersex. Oh no, that's or a you could thing. be intersex and also identify as transgender. Yes, but that's a different thing. It takes some research. I know it probably sounds like can sound very confusing, but even I have used um, 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 language that is actually kind of transphobic by saying transgendered. That is yeah. transphobic as well. So, but I didn't know when I read and I educated myself, and people also told me no, that's not yeah. a thing. Like that's not how you yeah, should yeah. be using that term. So just to get back to the super straight super people, straight. who are obviously and by no one's surprise are white straight men that have come up with this term okay so they justify their hate by including themselves into the lgbtq label because now they've assigned themselves a sexual orientation right uh sexual preference orientation yes orientation being super sex 
uh, super sex. <laughs> They're clearly not super sex. They are super straight. And then they have these claims of like people being like super straight phobic against them. Wait, I don't. So you're saying that these people have organized themselves around this label super straight. Yes. And, and then, then uh, they've claimed that super straight also belongs to, to LGBTQ the whole plus spectrum. Yes. Of like queer. Yes. Identity rights. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you so can't do that. <laughs> So That's the, not the point. You know what I just see here? White people, specifically white men, that just want, that feel left out. FOMO of oppression. Oh, you want to be oppressed so bad. And that is something that we will talk about <laughs> next time. Because not, mm, Yes, probably next time. Because um, Father Time has some symptoms of these, um, that tendency of uh, wanting to be oppressed. But you know what I found really stupid about this whole super straight thing? Is that their colors Are they identify beige? themselves? No, no, no. Ivory. Oh, that would have been so <laughs> eggshell <laughs> alabaster. <laughs> um, no, they are black and orange. Do you know what also is black and orange? Grinder, the most famous gay dating site. You know, for a hookup, if I wanted, I could go on there right now, and within two minutes, you know, I could have a guest. <laughs> Why Why do they choose black and orange? That just makes me think of like Orange is the New Black. Uh, Arguably a very gay show. <laughs> uh, the most homo of sexual. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's the one thing that I found very annoying is um, I'm sure it's probably just a troll movement. It'll go away at some point. But it's just a male fragility, really. And be specific white male fragility because it's not really mm, transphobia in the black community is massive, though. Anyway, it's a reason to be hateful. It's just a reason for them to be hateful. It's just like another way of expressing that. And there's like the super straight movement. And I don't think you can separate that from why so many trans women are murdered. So the super straight movement is... Kind of a voice for that. For transphobia. Anger and transphobia. Yeah, yeah, that's basically just what it is. Like they feel they have a right to be... They have a right to claim that their preference or their transphobia is legitimate, legitimate. Yeah. yeah anyway so i could say some nasty things but i'm not we're not gonna go there um and then further on to the you know chloe from chloe and hallie yeah chloe, and ba- chloe bailey i don't know um while i talk you can look up some pictures um, on instagram because chloe this like that that just made me so happy this week the glow up the glow up not just the she had the um a black kind of leotard type thing right mm-hmm. and the moment i saw it i just thought oh janet jackson like the 1980s janet jackson rhythm nation era and um you know the angles the face the shoulder pads you know there's janet and then there's a touch of the queen now i'm not talking about that old beige woman who and you know who uh, whose family is directly or indirectly responsible for toxic yes <laughs> for slavery and all those things and you know what i find also weird now that we're touching on this is that i have friends who are not white and they still revere the whole royal family and think it's just like the amazing thing and i'm like i don't understand why when they were directly responsible for the pillaging of africa and slavery and I know that's low-key the reason why I'm alive yeah. is because of colonialism. <laughs> no, there was a tweet I saw. So, like, a hood communist blog. Yeah. Was, like, if some African person willingly and knowingly married into the clan and then went on TV and was like, this has been a very racist experience, we would all rightfully clown them. The British royal family is a thousand times more openly, effectively, and violently racist than the clan to this day. But imperialism and white supremacy, which they intentionally help spread around the world while looting, raping, and colonizing, has us enraptured. That says so much. That's basically it, though. That is basically it, though. I don't think it's invalidating Meghan Markle's experience. Like, it's still very valid what she went through. Definitely. And you can recognize, like, she is the sympathetic character in this scenario while also pointing out, like... Yo, they've had the British royal family has had many, many issues. Many issues, this. exactly. But they looked. I Peter mean, Philia. the British. Oh yeah, and Prince the British Andrew. media. You know, I don't care. We're going on from the the amazingness of Chloe Bailey to the whole. Did you see the Piers Morgan interview? So, so, oh my God, he, I've never liked him because he's such a cunt. I've never, <laughs> I've honestly never liked him. And my experience with like my judge of character has, if for the many flaws I have, 
if there's something that I can't quite place about a person, if I feel uncomfortable around you, I may look like a dick and I don't want to talk to you or I may be mean or something happens. But every single time that that feeling has happened inside me, eventually the other person's true colors have come out. Mm-mm. Now, he is, has been obviously a dick the whole time. But the way, the whole thing he handled, that whole interview thing, just like attacking Megan like that. And, and then when his co-host, a black man, said that, um, why are you so butthurt about this? Like, mm. she's not lying. She's mm. just talking the truth and basically calling him out. Piers and his sensitivity, his white male fragility, got up and was angry. I can't do this anymore and whatever. That's a horrible accent. But, um, and then stormed off the set and it just made him look like the cunt he is. Also, like, Sharon Osbourne defending <sighs> him later on, being like, educate me like show me where he was racist tell me where he was being racist like oh lady okay so you want us to tell you where and when you're being racist but then you're saying when we tell you yeah, that you're exactly. being racist what the fuck is wrong <laughs> sharon why are you putting your career on the line for this man <sighs> why like yeah. <sighs> yeah it's it's that whole tweet or that whole um and we'll probably discuss this uh, uh, in another episode when I think you sent it to me and it says that not all white people are supreme, white supremacist or racist, but white supremacy upholds all white people. Mm. There is many facets to that, um, that whole, um, I, don't, I can't remember the author, but I'll definitely talk about it in a later episode, is at the end of the day, you feel as a white person that you're not being racist or that your experience is horrible or that you've also experienced some kind of oppression. It's nothing compared to to other people and not to invalidate yours but don't try and equate your struggle as the same as anyone else's <laughs> i think that's where people go wrong is like we're no one is trying to say like white people don't suffer yeah that's exactly no one says that no they one's don't saying suffer. white people don't have a hard time in but life they say me too. but the things that they have a hard time with are different and there are, are there's problems. an entire range of things that they don't deal with because they're white. Yes, because white supremacy upholds them. Even if they didn't ask for it, it upholds them. It's just as simple as it is. It's the way that your ancestors have built it. And it is your responsibility to be aware of that and to restructure that whole... No, not even restructure. Like break the system down. Father Time was complaining about cancel culture. And he came into the room and talked about cancel culture as if he has a point. But you know what he did? Me search. He didn't do research. <laughs> <laughs> he just did. He what just was got, his me search? <laughs> just basically, um, cancel culture will create a movement of underground racists or people that feel um, they can't speak up for themselves or whatever. And that will make the problem worse. But girl. Like, They've been here. It's bit like what are you talking what are about? you talking about that's how it's been <laughs> so he's up there making this apples to peanuts um comparison i'm like oh and i remember like uh. like starting to call him out and and i was like talking about how i don't understand what you're trying to do like these the people need to be called out and i do in a sense agree that people do need to be canceled if their behavior hasn't changed from the past and so we need to balance we need to balance the scales is what i'm trying to say and the only way that happens if we bring awareness and call people out i think but i am just very much intense and he's like yeah but uh what happens if like all basically he was scared that all the power will go to the the minorities and without saying that what i feel he's trying to get at is that there is a, a fear, which I do generally think white people have, that black people, people of color, will do the same thing to you that you are consciously and unconsciously doing to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, yeah, keep going. Keep going. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, today's going to be a long episode. Mm. Oh, shit. What? Okay, I'm gonna, this is the last thing and this may upset you. The last, last thing. No, really. Because I, I scrolled down. I'm like, oh, yes. This is... Oh, so we have a lot. I can what? cut out and we can whatever. What is it? <sighs> okay. So what happened this week in pop culture? Not pop culture. Just the fuckery of the human race, really. So in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Of course, America, the most butt fuck country in the world right now. That's a weird expression. Yeah. Of course, America. Just the... the just America. Just, yeah. America doesn't America mean America says it all... <laughs> So, oh, is this about the reopenings? No, 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 no. Oh, 
let's let's not talk about Texas and their stupidity. The governor's stupidity, stupidity. Anyway, so an elementary school in the north of Little Rock, which is in Arkansas. And Arkansas, for people who don't know, is in like south, the south, the south. And uh, what I hate about the article, though, yes. historically, did not want to desegregate. Yeah, it had the Elaine Elaine massacre. Where? Oh uh, no, I was talking about like Little Rock that, Nine. Yeah, historically, they're part so of the Confederacy. So, very racist history. I don't want to generalize and say, like, the people are all racist, but... But the likelihood the that they are... The history is yeah. very... <laughs> and racism is something that's bred into the grammar of your... The syntax of your humanness, of your whiteness. It's it is part of the system. So, um, making the assumption that a white person is racist is an accurate assumption. Based off of history. Anyway, mm. and actually not just history... The present day, <laughs> like I'm about to tell you. Um, the article basically says that an elementary school kindergarten teacher was accused of having this five-year-old boy pull toilet paper out of a clogged toilet with feces with his bare hands. Why? Now, they Girl, say she was why? accused of, honey child... You know she that she it. fucking did it. Because a child doesn't lie about that kind of shit. No pun intended. Like, I hate that the article says like she was accused of. Like a five-year-old went home and then made up a made story, up a story about story being like that. forced to, like, traumatically pull toilet paper and poop out of a clogged toilet because his teacher made him. I don't even know where to begin because I work with children. I am a fierce protector of their innocence and I get so angry and sad and I want to just randomly slap a white person just for being white. Which also doesn't solve the problem. No, it doesn't solve the problem. And I'm not going to do that. But that is just in the moment when I reach it like that, I get really like fired up because it just never ends. This is like when you get those like educators, like white educators, and then like a scandal pops up about like, oh, like so-and-so teacher from so-and-so district accused of making racist comments on Facebook or responding in a like... yeah derogatory manner towards certain students and then you find out like of course the students are like people of color of course but then they're accused of it they're not like they did this but you know for a fact that if it was a black person that made a white child do the same thing accused wouldn't be in the title the 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 language it would be reported as fact yeah it's like when and that person would be lynched mm, it's like when a man is accused of sexual assault and it's alleged oh yeah yeah like allegedly yeah like i like having according to the victim according to the victim like many women far too many women and some men if you experience any kind of sexual abuse for me i just go whenever someone someone's accused of something like that i take a step back and i and i i watch them carefully because what i know is what it feels like to be the victim of something and a lot of people do now you can you can go to the michael jackson case the r kelly case and you can say what all these people that came out and accused him and it's 50 people or bill cosby and the 75 people or whatever the fuck is and like some of them are not true or most of them are not true but the fact is even if one of them is true it's a horrible thing i assume they did it Yeah, same. My go-to, if someone comes out and is like, has details and like, is like, this is my experience with this person. They did this. I felt this way. I'm like, yep. You're going to have to convince me. You're going to have to do everything and show your detailed facts about how you are. How you didn't do that. Yes. Without (laughs) attacking the character of the woman, without doing anything like that, you're going to have to prove to me that you're innocent. And like, innocence is so hard to prove, but then the way that guilt is also so hard to prove right now oh yeah is just it's not balanced and i think the reason that i wanted to use this um that 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 thing about the boy that was forced to pull feces out of the toilet by Uh his white adult teacher like the trauma that that he's literally in his formative years and i talk about formative years Mm. a lot and the trauma that that would have on this kid for the rest of his life like he needs a psychologist and he would need counseling for a long time to be able to deal with this and also the trauma that that has for his grandmother the person that that was reported to and his mother and i think his sister or brother that 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 the kid originally told and that um sister or brother um then told the grandmother 
all this kind it's of stuff. It's just like abuse of power, just abuse of like that position of trust that this teacher was put in as someone who's supposed to like take care of these children at least for like the majority of the day you are their guardian you're a guardian you're legally responsible for them yes you are their parent when their parents aren't there i know that the school is part of education but education is much more than abcs <laughs> anyway so the whole point is that we're talking about trauma and that experience is very traumatic mm. and it's very sad so how do you define trauma because right right now on social media when people say trauma and depression and that kind of stuff it gets kind of the lines get so blurred yeah like i think a lot of times people do use trauma or like something that was traumatic as an exaggeration mm. the same way like if you have a couple off days you're like oh i'm so depressed mm. when there is like an actual clinical definition for depression and i see the intent behind saying like oh this was so traumatic because you're trying to convey like this was very difficult or like life-changing or had a huge impact on me or how i was feeling but trauma to me is something bigger than that or more like like it penetrates deeper into your psyche right yes trauma tra traumatic events are very much a deep 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 obviously scarring not even obviously you don't know that it's scarring for you me, might like, not know until later that something you experienced was traumatic to you yeah like me like my traumatic events from the past that i mean everyone in their life has i think um has um experienced some level of trauma i think that is just part of being human is that that kind of thing happens yeah. but i know that like to be specific when we talk about trauma now it's like any detrimental effect on a person's emotional and or physical security that feeling of of feeling being secure right is, yeah so it affects the way you think and behave in your life and then manifests in many different ways right yeah mm. so three types of trauma they're like acute and what is it acute chronic chronic and complex 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 is the mix between the two so acute trauma is like it's like one single event that happens that maybe is like uh, uh, uh like rape or assault or like natural like a disaster. car accident or a car natural accident. disaster yes and it is extreme enough to affect your emotional and physical right. security yeah and if you don't address that it does affect the way which you behave but it's also not extremely visible to other people right yeah so then you, you get like irritated like confusion you can't have restful sleep uh you feel disconnected what else uh there's an unreasonable lack of trust so many things like people if you start reading this you can go mm, yeah is that me and possibly yeah um there's an the inability. notable thing is that you might not even be aware that something is pushing you towards behaviors that stem from trauma because it's so deeply psychologically yeah. rooted in you yeah like it's only recently where i've discovered oh a shit lot of the way that i talk to people is because of past traumas that i've experienced mm -hmm. um actually when researching trauma i was like oh crap oh light bulb moment yeah anyway <laughs> um and then chronic trauma is like a long term so like multiple and prolonged cases of um similar traumatic events over also a long time um, so that would be then sexual abuse for a long time uh, in family, um, domestic violence, bullying at school, exposure to extreme situations like um, war or something like that. Yeah. So um, acute trauma, though, does also progress into chronic trauma because if it's not treated, it is acute in your head. I mean, it becomes chronic in your head. You right. like relive that thing. And so it then becomes chronic. Yeah, so, and usually with chronic trauma, I think most of us may have something like this. It is, um, uh, it takes a longer time for the symptoms to, to, to show present. up. Yeah. For you to actually be able to pinpoint something and mm. be like, oh, I don't know why I acted like that. Maybe it's trauma. Y yeah. And I just want to say that, you know, you and I are not prof trained professionals. No. You have way more knowledge about this kind of stuff than I do. I just do my <laughs> like research. A and a bit more. <laughs> says a master's degree but i'm just a super aware and conscious try to be um conscious human being and try to teach people to be um self-aware and self-reflective which i think is part of the goal of this is for people to go hey what am i feeling what am i thinking to help them live better lives i guess um yeah so 
diving into trauma. Mm. It's going to be uncomfortable, isn't it? I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's important that um, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is definitely a space that you also have like at a therapist's couch, right? Yeah. And it's something that has to be learned. Yes. it's And like baby steps. Ooh. Like the biggest takeaway from a lot of our episodes for me has been like everything in in moderation everything in baby steps right if you try to jump in head first into this it's not going to stick and mm -hmm. it's probably going to be more painful than it needs to be that and that is a recurring um theme or lesson that we kind of have yeah you need to take small steps do it gradually yeah the minute you jump into it like just it's not the same as jumping into a pool like <laughs> no it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt yeah it's it's and just the way our brains work, it's not, you're not, you're not built for that. Few people are. Very yeah. few people. Hmm. So like, I like to use personal experiences when I talk about anything heavy or just light, whatever, like, because I think it's important that I don't just talk and don't have an experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, an acute trauma that I experienced was, I think I was around 13 or 14 and we had, our family had moved away from like the Christian church because my mom just didn't get along with my family, reasonably so, like her family, like her brothers mm -hmm. and sisters. And because basically another example of a traumatic event is, um, and I've told this to a couple of people, my grandfather who is by all means, you've seen a black man mm -hmm. and basically ostracized her for dating black men. Mm. When he is him, mm. like the colorism there, the self-hatred, the internalized hatred given to you by who? White people. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> is um, it white accurate to say white people or like white supremacy? White supremacy. I think it's the latter. But like we said, white supremacy upholds all white people. In this case, it was, yeah, it was white supremacy. It's white supremacy. Yeah, it was white supremacy. Um, not to make all white people feel horrible. Like, like I've said many times before, when we say white people, we mean racist white Americans. That white, the word white actually is code for. I don't for, think we can limit it to Americans. Oh, no, 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 no. But when I say it's mostly that, but I've met some racist white South Africans, <laughs> um, some racist white Europeans, although not that many, actually. I've heard a lot of like white racism stories from Europeans. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't met them, but my experience has only been with Americans and South Africans. Because the only guy that I really know closely, um, let's call him William Hung. And you can figure out why he's called William Hung. <laughs> is um, He'll probably laughing. He's probably laughing now <laughs> as he's listening to this. Um, William Hung, or should we call him Mr. Big? I think Mr. Big is better. But William Hung has in that, that whole mm. like Prince William connotation. And Hung, you can, you can put that any way you want. <laughs> uh, I think I'll call him Mr. Big. Very Sex in the City reference. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's the only person that I know, like, uh, like intimately in terms of like being a good friend mm -hmm. or just a altruistic mentor, um, and he's not racist at all. Anyway, the my experience with trauma has to do with sexual abuse. Can we classify that? that yeah. Yeah, it's sexual abuse, and uh, yeah, like I said, my mom moved away from like the Christian church and. Uh, then got into Jehovah's Witness and this guy used to come to our home like once a week and do, we do this Bible study and prayer thing. When, and as like a year went by, like he had built up confidence in my family and in me and had taken a liking to me a lot. And uh, me being an adult child uh, did love the attention of older people. I didn't an adult child? Yeah, adult child is like a child that was forced into adulthood. Ah, by, I see. And I was forced into adulthood by previous traumatic events um that made me that or that it's a result of why yeah. i'm like that and so the yeah and so one day i had to i he asked my mom can i go with him to his father-in-law's house where the family was away on vacation and um he he needs to go and like you know take care of the garden and just check up on the house and stuff and we were there and then um, I was helping him and then it was getting hot. And then he was like, you should take off your shirt. And then mm. like, he like opened like the top button. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then I would, if my shirt was open, I had like a button 
button shirt and was open and then he would like like would like say you should touch your nipples i was like uh what is this mm. and um then i kind of like black out and don't remember like the details all i remember is that like i was pinned under him and he started taking off my shirt and his pants and it started moving to becoming like violating like like physically penetrative like um and uh like very close to that and then for all i know it may have actually happened and i didn't because i haven't had any um treatment for this but i black out with details all i remember is i remember getting hurting him somehow and then running away and then also a memory of walking down the stretch of road that is so clear in my memory because we drove that mm -hmm. way home a very long stretch of road with like one side is just like arid like dry mm -hmm. and the other side is like the road and um and houses and stuff and i remember walking there and i remember opening the gate to our home and my mom asking where is this guy mm -hmm. um and uh i said he dropped me off like at the corner and i walked down and that's and never told her about this until like three or four years ago, two years ago mm -hmm. two years ago yeah never told her about this and so when i do speak about anything traumatic or anything to do with abuse of power i know what i'm talking about and i'm sharing this experience because i think it's not to gain sympathy that's not mm. why but i didn't know that that event was so traumatic for me until like a couple of years ago yeah. i had no idea i'm sorry that happened to you oh, thank you i mean it's past now but i'm sure it's still well like how did you realize that it was still affecting who you are how you act i would get so angry and like almost like over the top not not over definitely over the top inside my feelings and angry when there are adults who aren't aware that their position of power with a child is very clear and and don't know when they are the way that they speak to children is actually detrimental to yeah when it's inappropriate yeah or hurtful or like harmful yeah so so they may just be acting as human beings and being frustrated and acting out of mm -hmm. anger but i i get so angry with that and sometimes i lose and i feel guilty when i lose my temper towards a child mm -hmm. i feel really guilty and that has happened in the past a lot these days not so much I think that's a reasonable response, though. Feeling guilt when you lose your temper, like at a child, but just at people in general. Yeah. Like you should. Oh no, feel I don't. Guilty I don't feel guilty that. when I lose my temper. <laughs> I, I don't feel guilty when I lose my anger at an adult who's saying stupid fuck shit. <laughs> I don't. No, I mean not in those cases, but like in general, when you are frustrated with someone who isn't getting it, or, oh right, you know, like can't doesn't really know better or like can't help doing something that frustrated you because they're a child uh, yeah like well like with their child but like just people that aren't really to blame for your frustration oh, and yeah, then you yeah. lose it on them yeah you feel bad <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i guess i like i especially at work and i lose my frustration i mean i lose my temper with father time because even though he's trying like i'm just like mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> so i do feel guilty because he's also a sensitive person and yeah, so yeah. when i do go off because these things are so traumatic and they trigger a part of me which i still have to work i'm working on controlling um yeah so trauma does affect everything you do and it has yeah. it has me as an angry person but not outwardly angry i bottle that shit up and then it just like explodes at a random person and yeah that affects my relationships with people now that you actually talk about the story, yeah. it does put some things together for me about what we've talked about before. Oh, right. Like the the Halloween, we were talking about how you Oh, the snake. <laughs> we have nicknames, y'all. Yeah. Well, the, the yeah. Yeah. Nicknames, so snake. she was forcing, well, like she wasn't like forcing, but before she would give the kids Halloween candy, she would make them like bow to her. And told them to not and say happy Halloween because it's against her religion. Because it's not Christian. Yeah yeah and i remember your response to that it your, was quite your feelings and i was like i get it but but is it necessary is it for necessary? you to be that much 
Like, I support it. I'm here for it. But... You're, you're being too much. <laughs> Do we have to? Yeah. It's just that also with the snake, there's also some past history, which I will sure. explore. And um, and at the same time, we'll never name the snake. We'll never, ever do that to someone. But it would just be good examples of when we get to, like I said, intersectionality. Intersectionality. Yeah. When we get there. Because that whole, yeah, performative allyship annoys me to no end. Um, anyway, yeah. Going back to something else you said, though. You said that it was like some of these events are like triggering for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about trigger warnings? Trigger warnings? Or like content warnings. So a lot of like lately even more but like maybe from a couple years ago like online content media content that has sensitive topics that talk about like suicide or Mm. sexual assault or abuse or um like physical domestic abuse that kind of stuff yeah it either has like a trigger warning at the bottom or at the top so people can avoid it yeah or it's or like the post is like black or, or grayed yeah. out and it tells you this is sensitive content it exactly triggering and you click on it and then you can see um but i remember it being a pretty big deal for a while because people were like oh just stop being so sensitive why do we need trigger warnings why should people have to self-censor because some people might be offended and they were basically just misunderstanding triggers as like gasp i'm offended how dare they and then being able to move on when that's not what it is yeah because they're confusing being triggered and being offended very different things yeah and i'm offense trigger is specific it triggers emotional responses memories from either things you know about that were damaging to you or things you don't know about. Offended is like, how dare you say that I am? And there's overlap between the two, definitely. Definitely. Things that trigger you can also be things that come to offend you or things that offended you to begin with and mm. now they also trigger you. Right. Um. So you can't really separate. It's a blurry line, I guess. I feel like... like it's almost like one you can't go without the other, but the other one can be separate. Yeah, you can offend and not trigger, trigger someone. Yes, but you can't really trigger someone without also offending, offending them. them. Yes, so I think that's what I was getting at. Mm. Um, how do I feel about the trigger warnings? I feel it's helpful for me. That was the argument that I agreed with. It's like allergy warnings. Yeah, telling people to just stop being so sensitive about things that genuinely trigger them and being like well, you should just not be on the internet or you should just, you know, learn to avoid certain spaces is like telling people, well, like you should just be able to figure out if there's peanuts in this food and prepare yourself so that you don't die. Like no one would take a case of allergies and be like, we're not going to put warning labels on anything and it's your responsibility to deal with that. You know, (laughs) I don't even mean to be presumptuous, but like, it sounds just sounds like they've never had a difficult day in their life when they say shit like that. Or conversely, it could be people that are like, well, I have triggers and I have to put up with them. So, so do you. But then they don't understand what triggers are then. Because if you are really understood triggers, you would be sensitive to another person's. I don't necessarily think that you have to having triggers makes you sensitive towards other people's triggers because people are selfish. Mm. You know it's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, You're being very idealistic here. I'm, it's, <laughs> for all my pessimism, I'm being for very For all your pessimism, you're like, oh, people who have trauma just implicitly understand each other. Uh-uh. Mm, no, not, <laughs> yeah, because my traumatic events may not, um, and I don't like to say my as if I own them, because I don't like, like saying this thing happened to mm-hmm. me. I like just saying it happened, because I feel like when I say to me, it gets me into a victim mentality and it prevents me from taking responsibility for my feelings as an adult mm-hmm. and and healing the child that had experienced that. So, But that's what I do. I'm not saying that that should be for everyone because that's the same as me saying, oh, like, you shouldn't be a victim. It's not what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, trigger warnings are, are, I think they're helpful for me. It is, especially with the Black Lives Matter protests and the stuff that happened, like, at first, there were no trigger warnings. Yeah. And when I saw it, 
Ooh, the triggers were so much, and I got so angry at everyone just for breathing, where I had to like make no social contact for like a long time. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, no, telling people they should just get over it is not is pretty much never a solution. Uh, and I've been that person that told someone to just get over it. Yeah, but that also shows the amount of ignorance my twenty-three-year-old brain was going through (laughs) i look back at that i'm like oh you were such a dick (laughs) yeah yeah because not everyone's trauma or not everyone's trigger is going to be the same yeah and it's not going to be the same intensity what you see as inconvenience may be a genuine trigger for someone and you can't just know that from the outside it's definitely just brings me to to I may sound okay now in the moment I am okay, but then there are random things that right. trigger that memory and that feeling and that I am acutely, deeply aware that I need psychological help. Therapy in Korea is fucking expensive. Oh, it is so expensive. Mental health isn't a serious thing here and it should be. Even in places where mental health is taken more seriously, it's so expensive and rightfully so like it should be expensive because like these are professionals that that whose job is really to help you deal with that little six-year-old kid or whatever happened at whatever age that's not stuck in your mind and you need to be able to forgive that child and help nurture that inner child of yours to help heal those wounds or even just dealing with issues that you face as an adult is like your current self oh yeah therapy is so helpful and it's really a safe space to talk feelings and like internal thoughts and so the money it like that goes into it is definitely justified but it's just just not everyone can justify that expense no it's and that's why i say yeah it's expensive for people who who can't afford a hundred dollar uh, uh, a session, like that's a lot of money. Yeah, um, it's which a lot is, of money. Which also reminds me, my dad was always so against paying for our therapy. Like he was, my mom fought hard for that. <laughs> like she fought so hard for the, and then the fucking therapist. You know what he said? Yes, the fucking therapist. He told my mom to her face that she's the reason why my parents got divorced. So proof that therapists are also just people and they are not absolute and they are not perfect. But for a therapist to say that to someone? That is very out there. But he was also biased towards my dad, just simply because I know what happened and my dad is slash was slash is still a cunt. And um, <laughs> I don't talk to him and I never will. Mm. Um, he's just like a walking piece of rotting afterbirth. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say this jokingly, but he he has his own issues that he needs to deal with. But um, Biologically accurate, though. Very accurate. <laughs> he, you could call him an overgrown asshole. Because we all, that's how human beings develop. Thank you. You know, you're like the only other person that like, like I always say this and people are like, what are you talking about? We develop first as assholes. You, we are we're literally, tube. we go from asshole, asshole to, to mouth. To mouth. That's the first it's tube, a tube that forms. It's a notochord. Yes. So that's why <laughs> when you purse your lips, it looks like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the reason. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just being mm. uh, silly. Anyway, um, the point is, as much as 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 lighthearted or as funny as we're making assholes, um, is that th- you have to recognize, or I would be, I would say everyone needs therapy. Just a blanket statement. I would say everyone needs therapy in the world we're living in, especially COVID nineteen world. Yeah, I think therapy would solve a lot of problems for many people and not in like a you obviously have issues and you need to go sort that out sort of way but just Mm -hmm. preventatively preventatively the same way that you get like vaccinated for the flu or the same way that you get nutrition information from your your 
was a like primary care person and mm-hmm. they're like okay try to avoid fats or like try to lower your cholesterol because you're at risk for diabetes yeah like that same way that physical health is approached we should be looking at mental health and being like you kind of have a tendency to think in these ways it wouldn't it be healthier for you if you didn't think that way or if you tried this and there's a lot of research that shows that your mental health has a huge effect on the literal physiology of your body like with cancer and with allergies um, my mom was a big proponent of this, especially with like my asthma. And the minute I started yeah. speaking up, my asthma started clearing up too. So like a lot the of... placebo effect is literally a thing because your mind can trick your body into doing things. Yep. Thank you so much. Okay. So <laughs> I love that we're agreeing on assholes and minds. Assholes uh, and minds. <laughs> <laughs> very on brand. Very on brand for us. Um, yeah. So I am very happy that we we like talked trauma i'm very happy that we talked trauma and sharing a story the point of the that is for people to be comfortable with any trauma not be comfortable but to start address any trauma that you think may have happened to you and definitely please please seek out a psychologist a therapist um get advice start doing research um i think in a later episode we should go into resources resources yeah this yeah because For a lot of people, myself included, therapy is not accessible or is very difficult to reach. Right. Either it could be financially or like time constraints or like just the distance literally to get to a clinic or to a psychologist's office is too far. And then you telling your boss, I need to go to therapy. They're going, what? What for? And then they... Oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. It could be a sensitive issue. Yeah. In Korea, it often is. Oh, yeah. Um, there are, though, like, there are a lot of great online resources. Mm. So, at, you know, you probably... So, you shouldn't self-diagnose yourself. No. But there are other ways to kind of boost or pay attention and look in towards your mental health without needing to be like oh i have depression so i need to do this right i have anxiety issues so i'm gonna be like this go read articles on what trauma is go read articles on what mental what constitutes good mental health or bad mental health do your research and not me search try to (laughs) uh, a lot of a lot of issues can be addressed by simply starting to understand what the issue is independent of yourself. And then maybe you may be able to recognize that within yourself. Yeah, making it, looking at it more objectively. Yes, try to be a little bit from objective. From outside of yourself. Yes. Or your perspective. Right. So um, what did you do this week for your mental health? <laughs> that was abrupt. <laughs> okay, so in the spirit of just like diving in and absolutely no transitions, um, <laughs> what did you do this week for your mental health? Or maybe something you sucked at uh i tried to i did this before but it's a recurring issue for me i Mm. don't sleep at normal people hours and by that i mean i will sometimes go to bed at like 3 30 and then you have to be up at like and then be (laughs) no and then like i don't wake up at six i wake up at like one oh like past noon fucks up your whole day and it fucks up my whole day because like half of the day is gone and I'm only just starting to like get out of bed and start get like you know being yeah active. and that like put stress on and on you. it's so stressful and then you're like dragging through the rest of the day yeah and it's a pain so I've been trying to kind of reset my sleep schedule how have you been doing um that? I just force myself to do it like I'll plug in my phone and then like turn it over so I can't see any notifications mm-hmm. and put it on silent so if I've been ignoring your text late at night I'm sorry that's why. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you other people just yeah, just in general, general apology yeah, yeah um that's why and then like turning off my computer leaving it on my desk and not bringing it into bed with me yeah and then i also like i'm still going to a psychiatrist yeah regularly and so she gave me medication for sleeping which knocks me out in like 30 minutes to an hour so i've started taking that like at a certain at time. a certain time like i set my alarm and then i do these things like de- decompress decompress de tech my room oh that's <laughs> yes 
so important yeah and then just turn the lights out and then just kind of wait for sleep to take me no matter how boring it is right yeah no matter how boring it is yeah and that then leads into my whole thing about last week last week when i said i sat with boredom did i yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so um when that whole thing happened with the no loop guy (laughs) uh, (laughs) when that whole thing happened um i realized like i was going onto instagram i think i said this and then or maybe not i was going on the instagram when i felt like hurt or bored and then the minute I opened it the first time, it was like, oh, shit, you're doing this because you you want distraction. And then I closed the app immediately. Mm-hmm. It happened at least four more times where I would open it unconsciously yeah. when I felt it. And then I closed it immediately. I have not been active on Instagram since then. I'm, I mean, active in compared to how I used to. I've opened the app probably twice and messaged people. Um, posted three times this week, I think, on the story. I've sent you a couple gifts. Yes, and, and I like, opened them. Yes. Memes. I do not, <laughs> I no longer scroll down Instagram. I check messages or I put a story up. And that was a wonderful experience. Oh, like, she fancy. Yeah, the no lube helped me. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that because there's definitely been times where I open Instagram and I'm like, oh, wait, I meant to not open Instagram and be productive and I close it. And then literally the next second I open it again and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. It's unconscious. Yeah. It literally happens without you thinking because you're like, I'm going to check the time on my phone. And before you know it, you're scrolling. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I guess be aware of your habits your yeah. your phone habits like what happens automatically in your hand when you have your phone like try and address that yeah and like yeah. your day-to-day habits like if you don't i don't like my sleep schedule and like my doctor was like well if it's not really affecting you do you, you don't need to change it now immediately but i'm like no but i want to change it yes there we go and so that's been the better driving force yeah look honestly it is exhausting to be self-aware all the time it is exhausting exhausting to to be be tired tired (laughs) it is exhausting to get to work on time every day it's exhausting to do all the things you feel like you want to do sometimes that like what your doctor said if it's not really affecting you do you really need to be so like like anal about it sometimes you do have to let go for just a little bit yeah so i'm not gonna magically wake up or go to bed at nine tomorrow and then wake up at eight yeah but i can still kind of dial it back to where I don't stay up too late past midnight, mm. slowly go from there, like gradually adjusting to a more workable, more productive, healthier sleep schedule. Right. <laughs> mm, yeah, my, my sleep schedule. Your face, your mouth looks like a butthole right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that uh, I felt, ooh, this is so ooh. triggering. <laughs> Because my sleep schedule has been fucked this week but that's neither here nor there all right so i hope you guys learned something from our rambling our talk about trauma and um white people if you're listening i don't hate white people i just get really really annoyed at <laughs> the whiteness <laughs> of the people the malarkey <laughs> the alabaster malarkey that just it really it just grinds my gears to no end mm-hmm. it's yeah it's like a cheese grater to my dick. Oh, <laughs> oh! I just pictured that, and I don't even have a dick, and it's, it's just it's, ouchy, <laughs> very ouchy, very painful to my psyche. Um, yeah. So, if there's anything that you liked, um, something that you may have learned, please share this episode with someone. Uh, we are on Instagram. Yeah, I think that's the Spotify, main one. Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. Like we say, all the things. We really appreciate if you could subscribe and share this episode with at least one person because we need the external validation. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. Bye. Bye.